Okay, let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And everybody knows 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the resurrection chapter. Amen. And it's very interesting. I made once a very thorough study on this uh, back in Germany. And uh, so I was so surprised. And it makes it so easy to understand that we all will be resurrected one day and that we are going to get a new body. When we prayed this morning for our dear sister in, uh, for having an uh, operation on her eyes, I was always tempted, wait a short while, you get new eyes. <laughs> when Jesus comes, <laughs> hallelujah. But uh, we do understand that these procedures help and... Uh, you need prayer. Praise the Lord. Now, First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, and there from the verses 3 to 8. For I deliver to you as of first importance, I also receive that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, what did you realize in these few verses? What was always repeated? What? That's right. According to the scriptures. Everything in Jesus' life was according to the scripture. And that's so interesting. Verse 4. Or verse 5. And that he appeared to Cephas. Then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at, at one time. Most of them whom remain still now. But some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. And at last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we're able to come together in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank the Lord that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Alive forevermore. And Lord, we thank you that you will show your wonderful strength this morning also in our midst. I thank you for everyone who is here. And I pray, bless us this morning in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, give grace to speak your word and also give grace to listen to your word and to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus is alive. Now, there's no New Testament truth that much disputed as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Many high 
educated uh, people, also religious people, professors and stuff like that, they can't understand the resurrection of Jesus and they fight against it. Jesus never rose again. Of course, he rises up when we speak about him in our thoughts. No, that's not what the Bible says. He rose again physically. And he was seen, and Paul makes it very clear. If you would read the Bible and would read this, what I read this morning, they would understand that he appeared to many people and there were 500 brethren at one time. That was quite a bit, wasn't it? And they all showed him and saw him alive as he rose again. Now one thing is important. This fact that Jesus rose again, and Paul says it later on, if Jesus would not have risen, then our faith in him would be nothing. All we would have of Jesus was a little bit of Christianity, just a little bit of perhaps good principles for life. Jesus didn't die on the cross in order to give us good principles. Amen? The gospel is more than just nice Christian principles. For instance, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, everybody likes that. Everybody likes that. And then there are some people, they go totally crazy. They say, how can we love our neighbor as ourselves? We must learn first to love ourselves. And there came the the teaching, you can't love your neighbor because you don't love yourself. That's the problem. First, we have to learn to love ourselves. And people came up with crazy teachings. You must forgive yourself. Anybody heard this kind of teaching? I never preached it in my whole life. Because it's not I have to forgive me. I've sinned against God. Who is the one who has to forgive me? I myself? No. God. That's all because of people started this. I don't know who it was. It came somewhere from America. You know, you can't love God or your neighbor. First, learn to love yourself. And then the self-teaching came about. Love yourself. And people went so crazy and said, well, that was kind of a preaching. Uh, in the morning you have to get up and then look into the mirror and smile at yourself. And they say, oh, I, I love you. I love you. <laughs> Is that a gospel? No. Jesus taught something totally different. We must deny ourselves. The one who denies himself is closer to Jesus than the one who loves himself. The world loves himself or themselves. But we have to deny ourselves. And that's what Jesus did. He denied himself. Now one thing I learned, and it is this. You can bury the truth, but one thing is in it. I'll tell you what. There's power in truth. Did you know that? 
There's power in truth. You can kill the truth, but the resurrection of it you can't avoid. Amen? That's why don't worry what people speak about you as long it's not the truth. Rejoice, there's going to come a wonderful award about it. When Jesus comes back, we will be awarded about all the lies that have been spoken about you, about us, and so on. Blessed be you if people speak about you and against you so they are lying for there's a reward in heaven. So I, I experienced in my few years of being a pastor wonderfully. You, you might be condemned for something, you know, but make sure it's a lie. Then you can rejoice about because our reward will be great in heaven. And that's what I learned here in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was called a deceiver. He was called all these things. But I tell you what, when uh, the first week or first day of the week arose, or came, Jesus stood there. Jesus stood there. And he proclaimed, I'm alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And that's the Jesus we are talking about this morning. Now the resurrection was not something new. It was mentioned and notioned in the Old Testament already. Paul speaks about Jesus who died and buried and raised again according to the Scripture. Hallelujah. According to the Scripture. And we find in the Old Testament also the notion that there will be a resurrection. Hallelujah. Genesis 6, 49, verse 18. And we know the story when Jacob was or heard about his son, Joseph, that he is dead. And so he spoke about what? He spoke about death and going into Sheol. That was his end. And then we read later on, when he was dying, he prophesied of his sons, or over his sons. And all of a sudden, he said, and it seems all of a sudden he saw something more. He didn't see Sheol, the grave for him. He said there very clearly, For thy salvation I wait, O Lord. Now he didn't say, Well, I'm waiting to, to, to rest forever because I'm so tired of this life. I've been so many times disappointed, of course, also of, of his sons. We can be sometimes disappointed of our children. I don't want to ask who was disappointed of his or their children. Somebody might look around. Oh, they had it too. I tell you, father and mother, 
get it right. Once for all, our children will not always please us. And they will not always bring glory to us. Is it right? Oh, you experience it too. They're not always bringing glory to us. And sometimes also they bring to us shame. I know what I'm talking about. And Jacob had it plenty that his children didn't bring too much glory to him. It wasn't nice when you heard his beloved son. And who was it? His favorite son, who was it? Joseph. He had a nice multicolored dress on. And so he, he was uh, honored by his father. And he loved him. And he was dead all of a sudden. He heard he's, Joseph is dead. What else can I hope for? What else? And I tell you what, this time is a time where people talking about Jesus is dead. And you know all this story, you know, that God is that story that came from England. God is dead. And somebody wrote this somewhere in New York in the underground station. God is dead. In brackets, Nietzsche. You know who Nietzsche was? He was a German philosopher. And he was a pastor's son, actually. Did you know that? A pastor's son. And he was so, he turned so against God, hopelessly. And then somebody came along and might, might have been a Christian. He came along and wrote, Nietzsche is dead, in brackets on the bottom, God. Now you can choose who, who is right. Who is right. And we see here very clearly, there was, there's no hope in this world. Everybody says, well, can you believe it that Jesus did all these things? Can you believe it? The New Testament Jesus is dead. God is dead. There is no Jesus. Oh, our people on the street know exactly what to say. Don't you? Perhaps you had often people say, well, God is dead. It's so long ago. Now, the time doesn't matter. Time doesn't make truth to a lie, does it? People do it. Not the time. Now, this morning you didn't see the sun coming up, did you? Not really. But you can remember yesterday it came up. And today is not yesterday. Is it because it was yesterday? It's no longer truth? No. Truth stands forever, ever, and ever. Hallelujah. And you can't change the truth. And if you try to bury the truth, the resurrection is coming just around the corner. 
Hallelujah. Because there's power in the truth. The Romans didn't want to know that Jesus is going to rise again. But I tell you something, the disciples were doubtful when Jesus rose. But there were some people, they were fearful he could arise. You remember? The Pharisees and those who were in charge, they feared, they said, we remember that this deceiver said that he will rise again. That's why let's put some people before the grave and seal it with a Roman eagle. He can't rise again. They feared, and they prepared themselves that this resurrection could not occur. But Jesus rose again. Hallelujah. Now, suffering Job, he claimed a wonderful victory. Job, he believed in the resurrection. Do you know that? He believed, and he said in Job 19:25, "And as for me, I know that my redeemer liveth. I know, hallelujah, that my redeemer liveth, and that at the last he will take a stand or his stand on the earth, even after my is destroyed yet from my flesh I shall see God Jesus said very clearly I am the first and the last and I tell you what whatever might happen to this earth Jesus is coming back again and he is going to stand on this earth amen hallelujah he is going to stand on this earth on Mount Olive. He's going to come back. And doesn't matter what happened to this earth. The Bible speaks about, and I think Peter said it very clearly, that this earth will burn up. There will nothing be left. And there will be a new earth in which righteousness dwells when Jesus comes. Hallelujah. I do rejoice I'm not quite sure whether I will experience in this my life. But I know when Jesus comes, he will stand on this earth. His feet will stand here. No matter whether this world is being full of, of radiation, of an atomic war, I don't know if this radiation dust will still linger around the earth, he will stand. Hallelujah. He will stand. And that's what Job believed very clearly. He will stand and he will that I will see him with my eyes. From this my fly, flesh, I will see him with my eyes. Hallelujah. What a hope. What a hope. Now we see all the Old Testament people had a wonderful hope. They knew there will be a resurrection. 
They knew. They didn't know when. But there will be. God planted into Israel this resurrection hope. Hosea made a wonderful prophecy. Somebody here who has got a a, a King James Bible? Somebody here? Oh, we call him. Good. My wife? Yes. Okay. Let's read. And I'm going to read it here from the New American Standard Bible. But I might quote somebody to, to read from the King James Bible. Not 1611, a little bit later, yeah? 1611 is the original uh, New King, uh, original King Bible, James, King James Bible, and uh, that's very hard to read. Okay, now we read in Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. I will ransom them from the power of Sheol. I will redeem them from death. Now, how would this happen? Now, I have to quote a little bit. It's interesting, very interesting. The German Luther Bible is very close to the King James Bible. Did you know that? The only thing is the King James is written in English and Luther in German, but the sense is the same. Okay, now, how will that happen? Now, the German Luther Bible says, Death, I will be a poison to you. And it says, And I were hell, I will be a pestilence to you. Can you read the King James? Column verse 14. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. Interesting, something happened. And there's a saying in the Bible, very clear, when Peter was speaking about the resurrection on a Pentecost day. Interesting, the main emphasis of Peter on Pentecost was what? Resurrection. Was resurrection. He had to confirm to the Jews that Jesus was, has died and that Jesus has raised again. As also David prophesied. He prophesied, you will not let me experience Decay. So in other words, because Jesus, he was without sin, and I tell you what, his Holy One, Jesus, God's Holy One, 
will not see decay. Holy ones, listen, holy ones will not see decay. They will see and experience a wonderful resurrection. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus rose. He went into Sheol. You know the expression Sheol in Old Testament or in Hebrew is Hades. Is actually the area of death. And Jesus said very clearly, and Peter said it, you will not allow that thy Holy One will see decay. Now Jesus, let me put it this way, as he went into Sheol, and as he went there, he proclaimed the victory, as Peter said it as well. He went down to the lowest points, and he proclaimed there. He didn't preach salvation in hell or in show. He preached the victory that he has overcome, the power of Satan. Hallelujah. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, I will be sure. I will be, in German it says, gift. Gift in German means poison. If you give somebody gift in Germany, it's not something good. It's poison. Okay, now uh, I will be a poison to you. Did you know that holy ones can poison their environment? The blood of Jesus is the strongest poison against sin and the devil and the power of hell. Amen? Hallelujah. Holy ones will not see decay. Holy ones will be raised again. Amen? That's why the Bible says, without holy one, holy, holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Do you understand it? So, it's very important that we live in sanctification, that we live a life of holiness, not in our own strength, but through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That through us, the Lord can be seen. I will be a pestilence to you. Now we know from the Middle Ages, especially in England, there was a pest. A pestilence, I think the, the black, what do you call it again? A black plague. Did you know, almost Europe would have been wiped out a horrible, horrible pestilence. A plague. And that's what Jesus is for the hell. Amen? The power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Holy ones 
a powerful through the wonderful salvation Jesus Christ. Now, this became reality in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says at the end of uh, chapter 15, let me read this verse, and that's uh, very clear. Death, verse 55. Death, where is your victory? Or death, where is your sting? And Paul says, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. Do you understand it? Now, this happened through Jesus Christ because he went into Sheol or Hades, let me say in Greek. And he proclaimed the victory once for all. Jesus took the captive, captive, hallelujah. And he made it very clear and pronounced the victory. Jesus mentions himself often, his resurrection, and he said it clearly in John chapter 2, verse 19, and people couldn't understand it properly. Because Jesus said there, break or destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. And the people say, well, this temple was built in 46 years. Of 46 years long. And you will do it in three days? Raise it up? And there's a little remark. But he spoke of the temple of his body. Hallelujah. Now, we can see this too in our lives. There's a wonderful prophetic saying about the temple. Have you ever heard it? About the second temple. A guy says about the glory or the glory of the latter temple. What is with that? Will be what? The glory of the latter temple will exceed, Peter said it, the glory of the former one. Do you understand it now? Apply it to the temple of Jesus, his body, the church. Apply it to your body. When you get a new body, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But remember, when you're in glory, or in glory we will have a better body. Amen? I will have a new body. Hallelujah. I was dead for a short while, so the doctors told me, but my body is still this body. They didn't perform a resurrection. They just got the machine going again for a while, as long as the Lord allows it. But the glory of the second temple, and I'm still waiting for my second temple. 
through the resurrection, Jesus' power increased even more. Amen? And when he rose again, and when he was with his disciples together in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Do you realize something? The higher the sun is on the sky, the stronger the power of the sun. Is that right? Aussies would go on midday at 12 o'clock in the sun? No way. You wouldn't find an Aussie who would go in the sun on midday unless he puts that much sunscreen on. Why? The higher the sun stands, the stronger is the power. Now Jesus said it very clearly, all authority has been given unto me where in heaven and on earth. Hallelujah. So we will have one day a second temple. Jesus built this temple within three days. But the Pharisees, they didn't understand. They thought Jesus was talking. The theology of Jesus was so simple and they didn't understand it. What? In three days? Forty-six years took it to build the temple. And you will do it in three days? Perhaps Jesus, if Jesus would have thought that way, you will see it, you will see it. And he rose again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you like this, this song? Low in the grave he lay. Jesus, my Savior. We sang it when it was the last Sunday. Is that right? And... Uh, when I think of this league, a song, I played it years ago when I was a little boy with my clarinet in the church in Leontal by Bremen. And we play, played it with a big brass band. And my child-like feelings were wonderful. A, a kind of Goosebumps went up my back, up and down. And the music was played, the first part, very slowly. And the, the big instruments, the tuba, trombones, Leon, the trombones were playing. Low in the grave, he lay, Jesus my. Savior. And so I, I had, as a child, a, a vivid fantasy. And when these big instruments played very low, it brought an atmosphere of, of uh, uh, darkness. Jesus was, has been laid into the dark. And then the chorus came. 
up from the grave. He arose. Amen. Hallelujah. And the whole church was singing along. Up from the grave he arose. Hallelujah. Jesus rose again. And that's why, and he said, also he spoke of another point. From Jonah. No other sign is being given or will be given to you. You remember? They came and asked, show us a sign. Can you make a show? And Jesus said, no. But I will give you, and you will see one sign. The sign of the prophet of Jonah. And um, I preached once a series about Jonah. Jonah, he is in many, many areas a prototype of Jesus. Did you know that? In many areas. He was called by God to preach against the city Nineveh. And then, what did he do? Of course, it was his sins. We can't apply it to Jesus. He was without sin. But what did he say when he was in the boat? A storm came up. You remember this, yeah? Do you remember this story from, from your Sunday school? I do. I do. The big fish that came. Okay. What did he do? He said, well, this storm is just about me. The storm is about me. Throw me into the sea, he said. What do you see here? Nobody takes my life, Jesus said, but I give my life. And here is Jonah, a wonderful, sacrificial prototype of Jesus. Jesus took all our sins upon himself. He took them to the cross. Nobody takes my life. I give it and I take it as well. So Jonah was in the fish's stomach. For how long? Three days and three nights. And then Jonah he rose again. He didn't stay in his stomach. Of course, he had to learn his lessons. We, le- we know that. He had to learn his lessons. You can't muck around with God. If God gives you an order, you have to do it. Then you go to Nineveh, regardless or not. Whether they will believe you or not, you're going to go. And then, he was spooned out by the fish. And there he stood, dripping from the water of the sea, smelling horribly after the stomach acid of this big fish. 
Jonah, do you want to go? Yes. And he went. And what did he preach? And what did he experience? He preached judgment and experienced revival. Hallelujah. This is a sign of Jesus' throne. Jesus went to the cross for our sins. And he went to the depths of Sheol. Read the prayer of, of Jonah when he was in the stomach of the fish. What did he long for? Do you know that? He longed for the wonderful services in the temple. He longed for God. And he was praying to God. And God brought him there. So I don't want to keep it too long today. But Jesus rose again. And he is alive today. Amen? Hallelujah. This day is a remembrance day of resurrection. It is Jesus' resurrection day. Hallelujah. I didn't want to address to you Happy Easter. No, no, no. The greatest miracle about the Easter thing is that a bunny could lay eggs. That's the greatest miracle. But the greatest miracle of resurrection is that Jesus is alive. Amen? Hallelujah. Who said it this morning? That a church in America, Gary, I know, uh, Sean, they tried to, to invite people with Easter eggs. How many millions there were? <laughs> Imagine to organize something like that. The cost, and it could have been easier if they would go on their knees and pray, Lord, give us a real resurrection message where Jesus has been proclaimed. Hallelujah. And Jesus rose again. Even this Jonah became a picture for Jesus' resurrection. And so Jesus rose again. And I tell you, this Jesus is still alive. The resurrection can be experienced and the power of resurrection with every, every believer. Colossians 3.1 If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is 
seated at the right hand of God. Ex uh, eternal life doesn't start after death. Amen? Anybody here who has got eternal life here? Peter. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Amen. I've got eternal life. <laughs> and it will not start after I've died. I have now eternal life. Praise the Lord. Have you heard about Dr. Torrey? That American Pentecostal evangelist, I think, in the last century. America had in the last century great revivals or oh, centuries before too. Did you know that? Oh yes. Dr. Torrey, he was in, in London preaching like you did. When was it? Last Sunday, yeah? On the streets. And he was preaching it was on, yes, now I have to use the word, Easter Sunday. And you know that our dear brother James likes it if disturbances are there when he is preaching on the streets. Because these people who come and disturb, he, he calls them hecklers, yeah? And he is glad when they come because they draw a crowd. Because people want to see what are these people going to do and what will be the answer of the speaker there be. Uh, our dear brother James, he is not here. May he be blessed where he is now. In Singapore, yes? Good. I love him very much. And... So somebody spoke against him, against Dr. Torrey in England. And he said, Where is it now? How can you know that Jesus is alive? And every street preacher is able to answer just right now. The Holy Spirit gives him the answer. And so they, he was perhaps at the moment a little bit quiet. Somebody out of the crowd came and took his place. And he said, well, I'm a steam engine machinist. And how do I know that there is in the vessel where the steam is in? How do I know that there's steam in the vessel? And he said, well, there's a little gauge. And this gauge indicates the pressure in the vessel. And he said, I experience this power of Jesus Christ. He is alive today. And he said, I was a hopeless Drunkard. So in those days they spoke real English. In those days they spoke 
real English. He said, I was a drunkard, not alcohol, sick or whatever. I was a drunkard. And then I met Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. And I realized there is power in the name of Jesus. My life was changed. I'm free from this devil of alcohol. Hallelujah. Is it power? Is it power? And we can believe for everyone. You don't need perhaps anything as this man needed alcohol to live a normal life. And that's the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. He changes today's situation. He can heal today. He can set somebody free from whatever it is. Hallelujah. Have you experienced the power of Jesus Christ, this wonderful resurrection power? Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, you are so good. Jesus, you rose up again. And Lord, I thank you that we can look up to you this morning. And whatever circumstances are in our lives, things that seem too impossible, I pray, Lord Jesus, change the situation and let your resurrection power come upon each and everyone. Hallelujah. In the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. He arose. He arose. Things impossible in your life will be possible. Hallelujah. Amen. They are higher the sun. The stronger the power. Amen? Yes. And then, not only he rose again, he went up to his Father's glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, God bless you. I wish you a wonderful resurrection celebration at home. And remember, we have the gauge that shows the power how much pressure is on that vessel. It's the word of God. Live by it and believe it. Amen. Hallelujah.